Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day and we ask that you would take this service. Lord, this time that we have dedicated to your worship. And Lord, that you would allow us to sing songs in a way that would be acceptable to you. And Lord, I pray that the sermon this morning would be clear and simple, presenting your word. Lord, I ask that not one of us would withhold from you what is yours. And when it comes to the time of invitation, Lord, that we would surrender to you and honor and worship you in the way we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to our theme verse for the year, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. And yes, I will be preaching specifically uh, geared toward Mother's Day and the celebration of this special day. But uh, our verse that we, one of the verses we have chosen to emphasize during this year really has a lot to do uh, with that. And so let's just read uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. Ye also as living as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. It says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. And holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, we're here today and today is Mother's Day and uh, arguably one of the most celebrated holidays in New York City is Mother's Day. And of course, I always like to ask the question, where would you be without your mother? Well, the answer is you wouldn't. Isn't that true? Uh, you just wouldn't. And uh, Mother's Day is a special day, and uh, the history of Mother's Day is, is quite unusual. Uh, there had been many attempts uh, dating back to the Civil War and even in earlier times, and, and then you go back into ancient history, and the Greeks and the Romans had special days to celebrate um, the uh, institution of motherhood, but the the holiday that we have today actually began with the work of a woman named Anna Jarvis, originally from Grafton, West Virginia. Now, how many of you know where Grafton, West Virginia is? My wife does because it's only about 40 miles from where her parents grew up and where they currently live. I, I looked it up on the map just so I knew exactly uh, where Grafton uh, is. And in 1908, we had the first recorded celebration of Mother's Day in the city of Philadelphia connected with Wanamaker's Department Stores. You see, Miss Anna Jarvis was looking for people who would help her make a day to celebrate mothers and motherhood and Mr. Wanamaker... Actually, a real man, a real name. Uh, if you listen to any of the old uh, vintage radio shows, they all talk about Wanamakers because that was a very special store. Now we have no idea what it was. But uh, 
Anyway, he saw an opportunity to make money. And I will tell you this. How many of you have had enough Mother's Day advertising on the radio and uh, Internet and wherever else you happen to go? Uh, I mean, it is you cannot you cannot catch the weather report without being offered to buy five and six different bouquets of flowers from ten different places and, and and all of those things. And the sad part of this story was that Anna Jarvis devoted so much of her life to trying to get Mother's Day established as a holiday that she never took time to marry and never became a mother herself. And she died a heartbroken, penniless woman trying to undo and uncreate the institution of Mother's Day because she had so been disappointed by the commercialization of the very people that she sought backing for at the beginning when no one else would listen to her. You know, the problem with special days is that we often relegate our attention to whatever it is the special day is about, only to the special day. And we forget about it for the rest of the year. I like the 4th of July as much as anyone does. But if the only time you think about American history on the 4th of July, may I say that you are a very poor citizen of this nation indeed. And America is one of just a handful of countries that identification as an American has nothing to do with where you were born or even the language that you spoke when you were uh, a, a young child. Being an American is identifying with the history and the legacy of this nation. It's a wonderful thing. It shouldn't only be celebrated on the 4th of July. Amen? Uh, how many of you remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and uh, uh, all of those Christmas things, Santa Claus is coming, Christmas every day of the year? Well, I'll tell you, we celebrate the birth, the life, the death of Jesus Christ and His resurrection every Sunday, every Thursday Every service we have. Amen? And would I challenge you that, yes, Mother's Day is a wonderful day. You should remember mothers. And as long as she is with you, you ought to commemorate and honor her and do something nice and try to make her day a little special. She gave you something no one else could. Life. And yet I'm always reminded of the uh, illustration or the story. I, I think it's a made-up story uh, of the preacher was approached by one of the men in the church, and he said, Pastor, I've been a member of this church for over 30 years. And I have been faithful in my attendance, and, and I could not even begin to add up the number uh, of messages over 30 years that I have heard you preach. 
And he said, I must be honest, I can't remember a single one of them. And the preacher looked at him and said, well, sir, he said, I've been married for nearly 50 years. And he said, my wife has prepared for me and our family uh, countless meals. And though there are a few memorable ones that we remember, it would be hard-pressed for me to pick out one or two of those meals. He said, but the fact that I'm seeing my doctor and trying to lose weight is telling me that she did a good job providing food. And uh, the thing is, so much of what mothers do goes unnoticed, doesn't it? You don't sit down and write daily meals. And of course, if, if you do not do this, if you have a family and you do not do this, I want to encourage you. The family dinner table should be a sacred institution in your home. No cell phones. Don't watch the TV. Sit around the table and enjoy a meal as a family. It's important. It will do things that nothing else can do. And, you know, you stop and think about what a mother does. A mother cannot, no woman can achieve that position uh, by herself uh, or alone. In fact, the idea of motherhood demands that you're not alone. Uh, that's where the children come in. And, and you, you stop and you think, and we, we just want to spend a little bit of time here, the part of, that mother has in the home. Uh, number one, she is a wife. Uh, the couple come together and, and honestly, you can try if you want or you can make jokes as uh, Pat Robertson does and these things. But no one has ever improved on the home. The Israeli nation, as they were first joined, uh, many of the women actually served in the military. And without them manning uh, different stations, most of them were uh, back, uh, not necessarily frontline units, but there were many women who was right, right there in the front lines, in the foxholes in the early days. And if that had not been, there, there is a question as to whether the nation would have survived. And, and, and they, Israel knew the, the need of the, their economy and producing things, and they came up with a kibbutz, is what they call it. Uh, probably not pronouncing it exactly correct in the Hebrew, but they took the children that were born and they put them in government-sponsored nurseries so that the mothers could continue working and serving in all of the different areas there. And you know what they found out? That no matter how professional and loving the care was in the kibbutz, it wasn't anything like, it wasn't producing the people that come from a home. You see, this idea of 
just going out and getting kids is utter blasphemy to the Bible. You want to be a mother, get a husband. Be a wife. And then you can be a mother and follow the biblical pattern. Amen? And uh, I remember oh, I was just talking with someone and, and they were asking me, well, what's your wife? Is it okay to write down homemaker for your wife? And, and I said, you know, uh, that is not a problem. That's, that's what my wife has done all of these years. And, and uh, when we first had a home, it was a 1957 GMC bus. Uh, we had a little apartment there in, in Cleveland for just a, 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 the first year and a half or so of our marriage. And, and then uh, we began to travel to churches and, and uh, we moved right into that bus. And boy, I'll tell you what, when we moved into it, it was just like home for her. It wasn't finished yet. And, and uh, we had a lot of work to do. And finally we got that thing. And, and I'll tell you, there are still times that, I wish I had that old bus because, you know, no matter what happened, all you had to do was press that, uh, turn the key, press the starter button, and uh, put that thing in gear in a big cloud of diesel smoke, and it was a whole new world. Uh, everything, you just left it behind you and went to a different place. It was, it was nice. But I'll tell you what, we had home in that bus. You know why? Because my wife made it a home. And she made our little one-bedroom apartment that we had before we moved here. And that, that was a home for us. And, and some of the older children still remember all of that uh, cramming six kids into 450 square feet. And uh, I'll tell you what, it works. Not always pleasant, but it can work. Amen? If mother will make it a home. You know, motherhood is looked down upon and, oh, they're just, now all them conservatives want to do is make you barefoot and pregnant and take away everything from you. And then why are all of these <clears throat> feminists trying to go out and have families any way they can? I mean, I could tell you some horror stories. And I don't want to actually name names of some of these Hollywood people, but they've, they've made movies about how terrible it is. And I remember reading one, the cult film, and it was talking about how horrible this mother was in abusing children and because she didn't do it the Bible way. It was a terrible, terrible story. And I can tell you some awful stories, but see... I've often said, quoting my pastor, uh, not because uh, of any reason, but he just put it so succinctly. He said, I'm the man of my house because my wife lets me be. And I'll tell you what, mother cannot be a mother unless she has some real support and help, not only from her husband, but from the children as well. Children need to take responsibility. 
That, that is what being a child is, is learning that. And, and having that instilled so that you, when you finish the growing process, it's not a shock to all of a sudden be responsible for your own laundry and be wearing pink underwear and all of those things from putting the colors in the wrong position and all those little things, taking responsibility. Uh, I met a guy in Bible college that could not open a can of beans and heat it on a stove. Couldn't do it. But I'll tell you what, he could go to the all-you-could-eat buffet and just about put the place out of business. Uh, I mean, it, it was terrifying uh, to, to go out to eat with that guy. But I want us to... Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about motherhood and all of these things, but you know what I'd like for us to do is center on our theme verse for this year. It says, Ye also as lively stones... Now, that word lively just simply means with life or living. You know something about stones? They don't move themselves. Uh, We were working over at Union, and uh, we found out that the main electrical conduit into the building had rotted away, and we had wires laying on the ground. Uh, If you think that's dangerous, you are so Right. And so uh, we had to get out there and we had to dig this up. And the electrician said, listen, if you'll dig the trench, it'll save you at least $1,000. So guess what? I'm going to dig a trench. I can't make that kind of money doing anything else. So we'll save it instead of make it. Amen. And so got out there and got down there and ran into a rock. And I'll tell you what. It was That rock did not move itself. Uh, We had to get uh, tools, and we didn't have to resort to blasting powder, praise the Lord. Uh, But everything but, uh, we had to drill holes in it and, and, and hit it with big hammers, and finally the rock began. Rocks do not move themselves. Uh, in, the Bible says that as a saved person, as a, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're supposed to be like living stones. Now, what does that mean? Well, it says that they're supposed to be built. Stones are used for building. How many of you have ever driven through the country and seen one of those old colonial stone homes? I'll tell you, they they are beautiful beyond compare. Some of them are literally 200, 250 years old. And they really, as long as they've been cleaned properly and maintained, uh, they don't look much different than they were when they were built 250 years ago. I mean, how old's a rock, right? Uh, I mean, it just lasts. And, And the thing is, not just anybody can build a wall. Uh, Winston Churchill, the great prime minister of England, they tell the story 
uh, as the pressures of uh, propagating the war and trying to boister the uh, the uh, spirit of England as literally they stood alone against the Nazi juggernaut. He would go to his home estate and he would work with bricks. And uh, his personal valet, a very devoted servant there that helped him and stayed with him all through those years, was looking at the work that Mr. Churchill had done on a wall. Unfortunately, there was a real mason standing there who was doing other work on the estate, and he says, if he puts one more brick on that wall, it's going to fall over. And... His servant looked, is there anything we can do about it? Mr. Churchill was taking a lunch break, and during the lunch break, they rebuilt the wall without saying a word to Mr. Churchill so that he would not be faced with the collapse of his morning's work. And he comes back and taps the, uh, the little tool there. On, Look at that wall. I mean, just as straight as an arrow. And went on putting another layer of brick on top. And uh, sometimes you wonder if he didn't have to know that they fixed, fixed it for him. But not just anybody can put up a wall. It, it takes some skill. And could I challenge you that no one has skill that compares to the master builder, Jesus Christ. And yet he's chosen us as his building material. In going through some of the building there at Union, we found out that there are occasions when even bricks fail. There were flaws in the making of the brick, and that brick will be in the wall, and it will crack and just literally put the wall in jeopardy if it's not pulled out and a new one put in. Could I, could I challenge you? You don't want to be that kind of building material. It says it's lively stones. You know, Jesus will only accept willing service. We've often said this, and, and this is not an indictment. This is just trying to reflect this in the ministry and philosophy of how our church works. I, I am not going to chase you down and drag you to church. You see, if you want to be a part, you have to choose to be a part of this church. And you have to choose to fulfill the responsibilities that the Bible gives someone who is named. And if we can just step aside here and, and, and talk about motherhood, you know what? Not, not every woman, not even every woman that bears children can attain to this place of motherhood. Uh, what was it, several years ago, they had an um, internet sensation going. They said, we've got a job application here. And they started listing uh, 
Hours, 24-7. Vacations, none. Pay, nothing. And start asking people, said, how many of you take a job like this? No, never. Well, you know what we're describing? No, who, who would be so foolish as to work like that? Mother. And time after time, these young girls, I love my mother. I never thought about all she... Okay, well, slobbering aside, there's an awful lot of sacrifice to be mother. Amen? There's a lot of things that have to be done. And if you're going to be that living stone, if you're going to be part of that building that Jesus is putting together, let, let me tell you something. We need some godly mothers to be there to to surrender to the Lordship of Christ and tell the world to shut up and leave us alone and just do what the Bible says. Amen? And by the way, could I say, and I want to be careful, we have as much problem with women who are in that position of mother surrendering to doing the things that mothers should do, we have just as much of a problem with women who cannot be mothers because of biblical injunctions there trying to be mothers. And much damage is done both ways. You see, this idea of being a living stone is being where God has put me at His disposal to be in the wall where He wants me to be. Can we say amen to that? You see, ye also, as lively stones, are, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Now, what that means is a, a spiritual house that... The idea here is not the realm of the physical. Uh, I'll tell you, we live in a, in a world that is just enamored with the metaphysical. How many of you know what that word means? Uh, it's basically a cult is what that word means. Whenever you see metaphysical, it's talking about trying to make contact with the spiritual world. Uh, uh, please, I know that yoga can be a good, ex- can have some good exercise and stretches, but yoga, if you want to follow its roots, it's making your body an antenna to receive demonic communication. Uh, be careful. That's, that's where yo- yoga comes from the Hindu temples. They don't go into the Hindu temples to play games, my friend. They go into the Hindu temples to talk to the devil and have the devil talk to them. There's Pilates and all, oh yeah, that's good exercise. Oh, breathing and you better watch out. There's a lot more to that than meets the eyes. You see, we, we live in a world where you can be in touch with the spiritual. A 
might I offer this book right here instead of some yogi? I don't mean to be cruel this morning, but some things need to be handled cruelly, I guess. But there's a subway advertisement probably about 10, 12 years ago, and they had this woman's picture on the ad. And she had a big red dot in the middle of her head, and she said, I am blah, 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 and I will answer all your problems. And I remember looking at that picture and saying, if that's where I've got to go to get my answers, I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. Why would you go there to someone, I mean, listen, beauty may be a very uh, subjective title, but I will tell you this, any woman, regardless of her physical attributes that has spent time in this book reflecting the glory of Christ is beautiful. And what I saw in that picture was not beautiful at all. It was a reflection of what the devil does in destruction and destroying people. You see, how about the next time you have to put up with a nasty diaper or realize that this is a spiritual work in raising this child. That's what this is talking about. Or on the other hand, the fact that I cannot, I can't be a mother, never will be. And I'm perfectly satisfied with that. you know why? Because I, in order to be what God wants me to be, I cannot waste my time trying to be something that I cannot be. Are we still together here? You see, the idea of being a spiritual house means that each different part has to fulfill its responsibility at the direction of the builder because there's something that we're trying to do here. It's a spiritual house, a spiritual priesthood. Do you know that the Bible talks a lot about the priesthood in the Old Testament, does it not? And, and Mother, if you'll stop and think about what a priest is supposed to do, a priest stands between man and God. Do you know that no one will teach the children about God like Mother does? I got saved sitting beside my mother on the bed as an 11-year-old boy. Because she was the one who told me more about Jesus than anybody else. And I'd been struggling and trying to pray and trying to be good and trying. I finally just gave up. I got saved. Amen. A spiritual priesthood. How many of you know what happened to the priest if he walked into the tabernacle without being ceremonially prepared and cleansed to serve as a priest? God killed him. 
Now, we have no record of that ever happening in the Scriptures. We have records of other people trying to take upon them the priesthood, and 250 men died in one situation with that where they tried to usurp authority over Aaron, and they all stood there with their censers, and the Bible says fire came out from before the Lord. Now, that was talking about the mercy seat in the most holy place going through the veil outside the tabernacle and destroying 250 men without hurting anything in the tabernacle. I'll tell you what, that is better than any sci-fi thing that man has ever made up. But it should also be quite sobering when we talk about priesthood. You see, there are certain things that only the priest could do. And if the priest did not fulfill that, we have the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. And what did it say about them? It said their, their, their deeds were evil before the Lord. Why? Because they made men to abhor the sacrifice of the Lord. They made it difficult for people to worship God because of their own selfishness and their own twisting and changing of the priesthood. Do I need to stand here before this group this morning and explain to you the damage that can be done by a mother who decides that she's going to choose her own way instead of the Bible? Hello? Do I need to explain that? I think we got a pretty good idea now, don't we? You see, the idea of a priesthood is a specific order, a specific uh, ceremonies and, and ordinances that need to be taken care of. My wife knows this, and and uh, all the uh, daughters and daughter-in-laws. And I I love to feed little babies, especially when they're really just learning to eat. That is just so much fun for me. Uh, I just enjoy that smearing food all over the face, and I just I have a lot of fun with that. But you know, I can't do that every day. Uh. It's just not possible to fit into my schedule. But you know, Mama has to do that so often. It's like, come on, kid, eat the food. Just eat it. Stop wearing it. Why do you have to spill? You know, the fun is when you're not watching, they get their hand in it. And then it's on you and their hair. And I mean, just... That's an ordinance, my friend. That's a spiritual duty to feed and clothe and take care of those little ones. You know, when we talk about spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God... The world tries to teach us that you need to realize yourself and all of the things that you could be. And I I just, I don't mean to be too dark today on Mother's Day, but I, I think we need to grab a hold of this and understand 
that the reason abortion is such an issue in our society today is because it is the only way a woman can compete in a man's world is to be able to murder the babies that will tie them down and stop them from advancing. And if you think it's anything else, I'm sorry. Uh, I will set up time with you and help you overcome that foolishness. But that is the reason why abortion is so important. Because when a woman carries that little child, let me tell you, that's a sacrifice. It hurts. And it affects a woman all her life to carry those little children and to give birth. But I'll tell you, the greatest sacrifices are after that. Two o'clock feedings. Oh, I am so glad that I'm not a mother when it comes to two o'clock feedings. Now, I did get up and try to help whenever my wife was ill or any of those things and, and, and needed help and all of that. But you see, you don't need to realize yourself to be part of a building, a priesthood. You need to be selfless. Amen? And if we would understand that those sacrifices are spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, we can begin to realize the great weight and importance of fulfilling our duties, especially as mothers, but as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he's... If God in His wisdom has not given you that, could I challenge you? Could you offer that empty spot in your life as a sacrifice to God and say, let me be where you have put me. We can't go back and change history. But what we can do is move forward as living stones placed in the building that God has put us, fulfilling the priesthood that He has outlined for us, offering sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, that are acceptable unto God. You see, we talk of mother today, and we ought to, it's Mother's Day. And we've got a neat little gift that goes right along with our theme verse here and will illustrate that point and something you can take home and set on your knick-knack shelf and, and just be reminded, I'm a living stone. I have to be where the builder put me, supporting the things that I'm connected to, not the things I wish I were connected to. Offering the sacrifices that God has put. And I am going to, every one of us are going to come to points in our life where things are just not going to be pleasant or things are going to be just over and over and over again. I'll tell you, 
if we'll make those repetitive tasks part of our priesthood and an ordinance to be carried out spiritually unto God, it'll be a whole lot easier to deal with the tediousness of the day. Amen? You see, God designed the family for a reason. He wanted to teach us about Himself. You know what children teach us? What God has to put up with from us. Amen? You get those little children running around and they're just going to be driving you crazy sometimes. And you're just sitting there going, oh my. And then I remember, Lord, how often do we do this to you? Wow. You know what dad is supposed to teach? Dad is supposed to teach authority and strength. Dad is supposed to teach those things. I'll tell you, no one else can teach it like dad did. But you know what mom's supposed to teach us? The greatest truth in the universe. God is love. That's what mama's supposed to teach. Now, daddy should teach that too. And children should learn to love each other and their parents. Amen. But as a general rule, these are the things that are supposed to happen. Now, the sad thing about special days is all of the memories that are attached. You know, your member, your mind, your memory is highly inaccurate. That's a whole other sermon. You remember good things better than they were, bad things worse than they were. And most of the things that are in between, we just forget. When it's most of the things that are in between that really make our life what it is. Hello? So, let's stop trying to remember things and depend on our memory. Let's take the pain and the hurt of the past and the successes as well. And put them behind us, as Paul says in the book of Philippians. And let us embrace the life that God has given us where He puts us. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to give us responsibilities. Priesthood. I'll tell you what, the penalties for violating the priesthood are the most severe in the Scripture. Not only did Hophni, Phinehas, and Eli get killed, but God wiped out his progeny for generations and forever. The judgment was upon Eli and his house because they profaned the priesthood that God had given them. Could I challenge you today? Could I challenge us as a church that we better be careful where we walk? Because God has given us He wants us to be building material. 
He wants us to be put in the building by his hand at his direction and support and help the things that we're in contact with. As ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy uh, a spiritual priesthood and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. I'll tell you, nobody makes sacrifices like Mother does. Or should. Put it there. But that doesn't preclude the rest of us. Can you believe it? Years ago, I was when I graduated Bible college, I was utterly concerned. I was very worried that I would never be married. Uh, and I was just torn up about that. And, and it just seemed like it was never going to happen. Well, that was almost 30 years ago. And I remember my wife and I praying about children. said, now, Lord, we'll, we'll surrender. If you don't want to give us any children, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Well, the Lord kind of, he took care of that now, didn't he? Uh, far above more than you ask or think. Amen. I will tell you this. I never found what God had for me until I gave up on what I could find. Until I just started concerning myself. I was working for an evangelist. His name was Larry Clayton. You know what a lot of my work was doing? Fixing trucks. Oh, man, spiritual stuff, let me tell you. And I remember laying under one of those trucks and a couple of times had pulled all-nighters just trying to get everything done so we could get to the next meeting. And I'm just going, Lord, is this what the ministry really is? And then I said, well, wait a minute. Why can't I have a little better attitude about this? I've always enjoyed mechanical work. So why wasn't I enjoying it now? Because I thought I was supposed to be doing something better. I'll tell you what. I got my attitude straightened out. And I got my joy back. And I'll tell you, I have a lot of memories of building and fixing stuff in the ministry that kind of was preparing me for a building in New York City. And then one in Brooklyn. And I am so glad I cannot see into the future. How about you? You see, that's the job of the priest. Is to serve God today. Not tomorrow. And all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. And Lord, I ask that you would help each one of us, not just the mothers here, but each one of us to examine our lives and and look, am I offering those spiritual sacrifices? Am I a part of that holy priesthood, that spiritual building? Or am I looking for vibrations and feelings and all of these things? Lord, I pray that we would surrender ourselves to the authority of your word and make ourselves as those living stones to be placed in the building at the design and plan of the master builder.
Lord, I pray that we would look at ourselves and we would understand some of the most tedious things in our life are there so that we will have something to offer on a daily basis to God in service to Him. Lord, I pray that You would restore our joy and our hope and our obedience to Your Word. And Lord, that we would find the meaning and the purpose that the world so desperately looks for and never will find outside the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, Use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're going to sing the hymn of invitation as Andrew comes to lead us. If you need to come and pray, the altar is open. If you're here today and you're not sure about your salvation, would you just come and let us take a Bible and answer those questions so you can know that Jesus is your Savior and your sins are forgiven. As we sing, would you come?